0: Glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your on red? I came like out the whole line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with the lead.
1: Golly. Oh, they tackle a 40 the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I <laughs> can. <laughs> Gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you by me, your host, Matt Bruning. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. This episode is, again, another raw reaction between me and Mr. Dennis Bennett, uh, completely unedited. This will be on the wide receivers and tight ends of the 2019 draft class. We'll go over everybody that was drafted and kind of give you guys our first impressions of them for fantasy. Uh, We also have a little bit of breaking news that happened over the draft weekend. Again, we haven't been on since this Saturday when we're recording, so we will talk about that here at the start
0: as well. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: And we're back. We are back talking about our wide receivers and tight ends of the 2019 draft. Before we jump into that, though, Dennis is is here with me. Uh, We had both uh, been talking a little bit since Thursday about some of the news that's come out on two of the prominent wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, Obviously, one very disturbing thing with a wide receiver and then one obviously bad injury wise with the other. So we'll start with the with the disturbing news on Tyree Kill. Anybody who was on Twitter paying attention to the draft I, I was watching ESPN NFL switching back and forth. So I don't know. I didn't see if NFL network did anything on it. I did see the ESPN talked about it. Uh, the the videotape or not videotape the audio tape that was released on Tyree Kill that his fiance recorded about him talking about his son's arm. Uh, you know, just I, I don't want to dive too much into it. If you really want to go in and listen to it, go ahead. Uh, I thought it was disturbing and honestly disgusting. Uh, the has, I believe, been suspended by the Chiefs as of right now. He is no longer going to be a part of them at the moment. They, he did not get cut like Kareem Hunt did, uh, but they don't have anything going on with him. The police have reopened the investigation on what happened to his son after they closed it last week. Uh, I personally hope that he gets cut. Um, chances are... Because of the talent, he'll get a, he'll get a chance somewhere else. I don't think he should, based on everything I heard and read about what happened and what he has done to his son and his wife. Uh, it's disgusting. I, I think that he's. Um you know I, it's hard for me to talk about because I can't imagine I think you, you're you're the biggest coward in the world if you hurt a woman or a child that's just my opinion I do believe everybody deserves a second chance but I believe this is now his third or fourth mess up uh, so in my opinion it, it even though I've never played in the NFL it should be an honor and a privilege to play in the NFL uh, And we should hold those people not just in the NFL but everybody in our society up to a higher standard um, and there's just some things that I think are almost unforgivable and from what I heard on that tape that is that so uh, I I have no nothing to add really on that. I, I think that he should be out of the league, and, and I honestly do plan on trade. I own him in one league, and I will trade him for a fourth round pick uh, at some point in time this off season. Your, your thoughts on Tyree Kill?
0: Yeah, I. You know, it's it's sad, and you work hard, and if you can't, if if you, it, it's one thing to work hard at a job and try to get material things. And put yourself in a position to have success in the eyes of others. But if you can't fix what's inside, you know it, that that's a, you. You got to start there. You know, I, I I've went through a whole bunch of self-help stuff, and a lot of people think it's hokey. And and uh, as somebody who spent a who, who's a recovering alcoholic and addict, you know. Nothing worked for me until I did it for myself. And Wayne Dyer is a guy who's put out a bunch of books and a bunch of tapes and uh, a bunch of CDs. And one one thing that he said that's always stuck with me is that uh, all lasting and meaningful change starts on the inside and works its way out. And Tyreek Hill uh, apparently doesn't want to change on the inside because after you have one incident, if you want to change on the inside... Then you start putting your, you know, it doesn't take a a a lot of means to be able to start working on uh, some of those things that can trigger you, and if you don't want to do it, you know, then by all means, you know, you're going to lie in the bed that you've made. And I appreciate that the Chiefs have suspended him, um, but I think uh, the league has to, you know. The league should have already put him on put him on the uh, commissioner's exempt list um, as a uh, precaution. That the, the league and the team should be working together, and they need to get this taken care of. And you know, I, I agree. He's got he's had multiple chances already, and uh, it's time's up.
1: Yeah. Uh- there's no real easy transition off that, so we'll just move right into Doug Baldwin, who is not uh, associated with anything How like about that. them Seahawks? Yeah, how about them <laughs> Seahawks? Uh, I think, and, and I would uh, love to hear what you think, with the way that they drafted some wide receivers in this, I believe that they think he's done, based on the news report that came out during the draft uh, his knee injuries and the surgeries and everything he's gone through has just made his knees even worse. There was talks that he might, unfortunately, be done. I, I obviously don't hope that that is the, the what's going to happen with Doug Baldwin. Love him as a player, huge competitor guy. Nobody thought was going to be as good as he was, and and he shut a lot of people up. Uh, plays you know plays football the right way. Seems to be a very good human being from everything he does with Seattle and all of their and all the stuff he does off the field with charities and all that stuff. So you know, hope that he's able to make it back onto the field, uh, but obviously want him to live a healthy life. That that comes first. And so if he's not able to play anymore, um, you know, that just sucks. Unfortunately, I don't think at this point, uh, maybe you're able to get something for him in a dynasty league, but I would think if anybody's seen those reports, uh, chances are you're not going to get anything. Really, maybe try and move him if you can in your rookie drafts this year for a third or fourth, and see if you can pick up one of these wide receivers we're about to talk about. Um, and 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 hopes that that you're able to get some value from him. But I feel like once that report report came out, uh, Baldwin's value has pretty much sunk down to nothing.
0: I mean, you can, uh, uh, you know. Th- you, might, you can probably trade him for more than you can get for Hill.
1: Yeah, well, that's true.
0: But uh, it, it's, uh, you know, from what I've seen, his, uh, it was on uh, Roto World that basically he is going to take a couple weeks, a uh, few weeks, and, and uh, decide what's going to happen. So he's probably going through therapy and trying to see if they can get the knee to respond Uh you know, last year as a Baldwin owner, it was tough sometimes. And, uh, you, you know, you pretty much knew you couldn't count on him uh, because of the, the knee was giving him so much trouble. So I'm a big fan of, uh, I want these guys to have a life after football. Yeah. And so if that knee is getting bad, get it taken care of. You know, if that means giving up football, um you know, hopefully he's been smart enough that he's planned for life after football, and uh, he's got a path to uh, keep doing good things once he leaves the game. But uh, you know, definitely you want to make sure he can walk. I don't know if uh, you've ever seen any film of Earl Campbell and the way he played the game, um, and film of Earl Campbell now he can hardly get around. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's not it's not a pretty sight. And so uh, it sounds like uh, Baldwin is uh, well on his way to a knee replacement at some point. Um, so hopefully he makes the, the best decision for him.
1: I am right there with you. So speaking of one of the best wide receivers uh, to play over the past decade, uh, let's move into wide receivers who we're hoping will be playing for the next decade and we'll see which guys we like. To, to possibly do that uh something Man, that
0: I, was an awesome segue
1: thank you you know i just came up with that actually uh, i messed it up there at the end as you could tell i was trying to say something different but uh you know that's what that's what i do i get too over anxious sometimes want to want to keep talking about something just let it flow but i don't do that uh as i talked about in the last episode we just did about the running backs and quarterbacks a lot of these wide receivers we were very high on landed in bad spots uh, so I'm really interested to see how you you think of or what you think of some of these guys, and we're gonna start right with the very first wide receiver off the board in Marquise Brown. Got drafted 25th pick uh, in the first round by the Baltimore Ravens out of Oklahoma. Again, a lot of people had him up there as one of their one ones. Uh, again, fast, extremely fast. One of the most explosive wide receivers in the league. I'm torn on this one. Uh, Lamar Jackson showed at times at Louisville and at times last year that he can throw the deep ball. Marquise Brown is someone where if you throw the ball, he can go and get it. I just don't trust Lamar Jackson. I I don't think I could take Marquise Brown as my number one. Uh, Honestly, um, you know, I know we talked about this before we started recording. Neither one of us have had a chance to finish our rankings yet. Uh, I know I'm working on mine right now. I'd imagine you are as well. Um, We'll be doing a mock draft episode with uh, two good friends of ours, Jared Wackerly and Garrett Price, on Monday's episode, uh, which will go out. I'm going to hope to try and throw that out late Monday night or early Tuesday morning for everybody to listen to. Um, I'm interested to see where he goes because, for me, I don't think I could even take him in my top five of wide receivers. Uh, I just hate this landing spot for him.
0: Yeah, I I wasn't a a huge Brown fan uh, to begin with. Um, I'm, you know, I've made no secret about my allegiance to Team Big Wide Receiver. And uh, um, so I I don't think this landing spot helps him. Uh, I think he's got a skill set that might work a little bit. So, you know, pass plays for the Ravens tend to look like scramble drills. And so when Jackson gets moving out of the pocket, Brown goes deep. You know, I I could see that developing. You know, it's something I I I could see Brown ending up the year with you know 30 catches uh, for a 22 yard per catch average and you know seven touchdowns or something crazy like that because of the uh, the scramble drill uh, yeah. type of play. So. You know, I, I'm. Uh, I won't say he's off my list, but he's gonna he's gonna be drafted by uh, others much long before I'd be willing to take him.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's a new version of Deshaun Jackson. I think is exactly what uh, the way that you kind of worded it with the stats. I think that's exactly what he's gonna be. Uh, unfortunately, moving forward, the next wide receiver off the board was Nikhil Harry, drafted at the 32nd pick in the first round by the New England Patriots. Now. I am a noted Nikhil Harry uh, doubter. I do not think he is quite as good as a lot of people think he is. A lot of people have him as like the elite wide receiver, best wide receiver of this class. He's always been in my top five. I just think that at the NFL level with the skill set that I've seen from him at Arizona State, he is going to be one of those like wide receiver two guys. Very good and consistent throughout his career, but I just don't see him having the elite upside I do like the landing spot, though. He's someone that I think he's going to have to earn Tom Brady's trust. We'll see how long that takes. Uh, Him and Aaron Rodgers are those two quarterbacks in the NFL, I think, are, are guys that are not just going to throw the ball to you right away. You have to earn their trust. So Nikhil Harry might not even produce that much until his second year, maybe late into the first year once he earns Tom Brady's trust. But it is a great landing spot for him. And if you're one of those people that loves Harry and are a truther of him, you know, you can take him anywhere in the top five, and I can't argue that with you, uh, but he's still, he is not my 1-1 at wide receiver. I'll put it that way. I already know who my 1-1 is. It might shock a lot of people, uh, but he is not my 1-1. He's not even my 1-2 at wide receiver. He's my 1-3 currently uh, with the way that I've done my rankings.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I like the landing spot for Harry, but uh, I think you're going to have to pay up for him to get him this season. With the expectation that he's not going to really produce much for you, or he's going to produce inconsistently, uh, based on the Patriots uh, and how they run their their offense, you know, he's good with the ball in his hands, and you know you see the argument about he can't separate, but he can go get the ball, and if you can get the ball to him, and for Brady, what, you know, building that trust, it isn't about, oh, well, I, I, I believe something. For Brady, it's like he, he says, I'm going to throw it here because that's where the ball is supposed to go. I need to know you're going to turn the right way, and you're going to be where I'm going to throw the ball. It's all about timing. And so for Harry, he's going to have to get to work yesterday and start to work those things out and get that scheme down, get with Josh McDaniels and figure out what are the things I do best and I can start to check off this list. You know, a lot of people were amazed at how quickly Brady developed uh, a rapport with Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, they didn't have Gordon do a lot of different things. Yeah. And so I think that's how, that's how he developed trust. He knew that Gordon could do these three or four or five things really well, and that's what they were going to do. And so with Harry, I think it's going to be the same thing. They're going to figure out what are the three or four or five things he does really well, and we're going to have him do that. Uh, we'll let Julian Edelman do the other 74 things that need to get done, but we're going to have Harry uh, do what he does best and, do, and, and kind of grow it organically.
1: The next wide receiver off the board, and I imagine you had to be thrilled with this landing spot as I thought it was one of the better landing spots in this draft. With the fourth pick in the second round, Debo Samuel out of South Carolina goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Phenomenal landing spot. Uh, I think that he is going to go right into the slot wide receiver role for them and be an explosive playmaker. Obviously, I think the one thing he... Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. I think that he'll be able to get the best out of Debo Samuel. I think the only question you have to have about this offense is is Jimmy G. That's it. I think Debo Samuel is going to be one of the top picks now at the wide receiver position. He's right there at 1.4. For me, he might end up getting moved above Nikhil Harry just based on what I think uh, Kyle Shanahan can do with this offense and I think his ability to play in the slot.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a nice spot for Debo. Jimmy Grapes gets his very own uh, Julian Edelman, uh, <laughs> I, I, and actually, I think uh, uh, Samuel is a a little bigger and a little more powerful and uh, a little better uh, with the ball in his hand. Um, so it's it's a it's a really good fit. It's uh, you know if if you were counting on Trent Taylor stepping up, you know that's a bummer for you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's probably one of the top three landing spots of the draft for any position, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. When, when he went there, I was there was a wide receiver I was hoping might go there, but then he ended up going to a, an even better spot, in my opinion. We're going to be getting to him here in just a couple minutes. Uh, the next wide receiver off the board was another disappointing landing spot for me in A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss. Goes to Tennessee with a 19th pick in the second round. Uh, This could change. We don't know what they're going to end up doing with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I do think Marcus Mariota, I think, has been kind of uh, poo-pooed on here based on what he's done the past couple years. He was injured all of last year. He's not had a decent wide receiver core around him like what is being built right now. Uh, I am also not someone who is big on Corey Davis, but I do think that he is a viable and a decent wide receiver. Uh, But again, A.J. Brown, now all of his value is going to come from Marcus Mariota. Um, Obviously, I know they have Ryan Tannehill there to back him up. If Ryan Tannehill comes in there, I actually wouldn't be that disappointed uh, because I think A.J. Brown could be the new Jarvis Landry there, but I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the answer in Tennessee either. Uh, So if they end up taking a quarterback in next year's class or the class after that, um, I think A.J. Brown's value will, will increase, especially if they get a good wide receiver, but or a good wide receiver, a good quarterback. Uh, but right now, unfortunately, I think what was possibly uh, the 1-1 for most people going into the draft uh, has dropped significantly just based on his landing spot.
0: Well, r- riddle me this, Batman. Okay. Who's the best receiver to play uh, across from Corey Davis? In his time in Tennessee,
1: I uh, would probably have been Richard Matthews. Would be my guess. Correct. Okay,
0: I would agree. Excellent choice. Uh, A.J. Brown is substantially better than Richard Matthews. Agree. So he, this, this is an opportunity to give Marcus Mariota the two best receivers he's had in his entire time in Tennessee. Uh, they've got Delaney Walker coming back, and you know they're going to pound the ball. Uh, at least from what it looks like, is their intent is to pound the ball with Derrick Henry. Well, and what happens when you pound the ball with it with somebody? It starts to open up over the top. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, you're looking at uh, some openings downfield for Davis and for uh, AJ Brown. So the potential. You know, the opportunity is going to be there. They're not going to be the most efficient offense um, in terms of running the most plays, I think. But I can definitely see a scenario where uh, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis both uh, outperform expectations for them this year.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I I hope that he is. He, he was my 1-1 one, one, Throughout most of the process, I, I jokingly put Butler up there. He was never my 1-1. One, one. He was always my 1-3. Um, it was always but it was always Brown, Metcalf, Butler for me. Those three never changed. Uh, you go back to my first article I wrote for QB List. Uh, I believe it was week 8 of the uh, college football season. Brown was my number one, followed by Metcalf. I, I've never changed those three. Um, obviously, landing spots have unfortunately hurt my favorite wide receiver in Butler. He's been my favorite, but never my 1-1. One, one. Uh, I, I agree with you. Brown has a chance to be phenomenal. I just think that his his va- fantasy value is really tied into Marcus Mariota. If we get bad Marcus Mariota, uh, Brown's value is just not going to be what we all hoped it was going to be. If we get good Marcus Mariota, I think Brown still has the chance to be the best wide receiver in this class. Uh, with the 24th pick in the second round, we got Miko Hardiman out of Georgia going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting pick for me. Um... You know, I'm trying to think how or what to say about him. I know uh, Brandon Bangley, who we had on with us a little bit ago, was actually talking about him, liked him a lot. Uh, I believe you kind of liked him as well, Dennis, when we were talking about him with Brandon. A lot of people are, are assuming he's going to be Tyreek Hill's replacement because they drafted him just a little bit after that news actually broke about Tyreek Hill there. Uh, that broke Thursday. They drafted him in the second round on Friday, obviously. Uh, but uh, very fast, wide receiver. Um, you know, I, th- what, I think he ran like a Four, three, 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 40-yard dash or something like that, uh, but not a great pass catcher from everything that I've seen, I remember seeing on him and read about him. So going to be, I think he's an interesting play, obviously going to possibly one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL, uh, but I'm just not, I think people are going to overdraft him, I guess is the way to put it. People are going to take him way, uh, a lot more earlier than I am comfortable taking him.
0: Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I think he's, An interesting prospect from that small wide receiver perspective. It's it's eerie how similar the measurables are between him and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, it's super. It is. It was. You know, to to make a callback to an old movie, uh, not old, but maybe old to you guys. uh, Single white female. It's like they went and you know they went into the lab and built a new Tyree Hill almost. Um, you know it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that offense uh, after uh, Mahomes' explosion last year, and then everything that happened with Kareem Hunt and Damian Williams taking over. Uh, if Sammy Watkins stays healthy, this could be, you know, the year everybody keeps thinking Sammy Watkins is good at, ha- has been going to have. It, it might actually happen this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I don't think Hardman is going to produce anywhere close to uh, Tyreek Hill numbers.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's that's the biggest fear for me. Um, is I think a lot of people are going to think because of what we just touched on the the. Uh, almost clone of Tyree Hill now going there, they all think that he's going to be Hill, um, and I, I just don't see it, I, I don't think that that is what's going to happen at all um, the next wide receiver off the board, one of my favorite landing spots my second favorite landing spot uh, actually third, because Adebo I would actually say was probably my second, so my third favorite landing spot out of all the wide receivers at the 25th uh, pick in the second round, J.J. Siegel Whiteside out of Stanford goes to the Philadelphia Eagles I loved this pick. I was thrilled when I saw this pick. A little sad because I also think that he's probably now going to get drafted much higher than I think he was going into the process. And there was a me hoping I could get him. Uh, but with the way Hakeem Butler fell, I probably have a better shot at getting him now in a lot of my drafts. So I am a little bit thrilled about that. Uh, but I do love Whiteside spot. Uh, I believe you threw up on Twitter. He's a, a bigger, better version of Alshon Jeffrey or something like that. Uh, I'll let you t- say exactly what it was. Uh, but I thought it was a perfect Perfect quote for that spot. I think he is the going to end up being the red zone target uh, opposite of Zach Ertz in that offense. I think he is just a phenomenal player and going to be. He's the perfect mold wide receiver for Carson Wentz and this offense. I think he is going to be in for a huge career now. obviously as long as he can stay healthy, uh, because Philadelphia is the perfect landing spot for a player like him.
0: Well. I- He's not, he's not a bigger version of, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, but he is the likely heir to the Alshon Jeffrey position. Uh, FF Zinger, uh, Michael Zingone, I th- mm-hmm. think that was his name, uh, comped, uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, uh, coming out into the situation he's in, uh, to Devonte Adams when he came out, uh. Jordy Nelson was twenty nine years old. Alshon Jeffrey is twenty nine years old. Uh Arsega Whiteside and Adams both had a, a high touchdown percentage their last year in college. And he's like, I'm not saying this is what's happening, but it this is this is what it looks like. And I I can see uh, a scenario where Jeffrey is the guy this year, uh Whiteside is the backup, maybe he plays uh, in three wide receiver sets, um, good. He, he is. He's he's good in the red zone. He's good in the contested catch, and I, I think he's uh, going to be somebody that, uh, if he can develop the uh, relationship with uh, Carson Wentz and Nate Sudfeld, so it doesn't matter which quarterback is in there, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in, in the next couple years, he could could uh, be a, a really really. Uh, productive fantasy wide receiver
1: my favorite landing
0: spot out of all the wide receivers it depends if if people can get over the whole touchdown dependent oh well yeah i don't know if he's going to be a you know a 1200 yard guy Uh or a 100 catch guy but i could see him being a 70 catch you know 950 yard 10 touchdown guy on a consistent basis
1: yeah, oh, I agree with you on that. I think Whiteside is going – I even said this, I believe, when we talked about him in the podcast with uh, Kyle Matthew. Um, I think Whiteside's huge val- – all of his value comes from the fact that he's such a – threat in the red zone and a great contested catch guys. you just said i think that's where his values he's not one of those guys who's going to get you a lot of yak and everything but he's someone who you can throw the ball up to him and he's going to go get it so i agree with you i think he's someone who he's going to be a little touchdown dependent but that's not always a bad thing especially when you're in an offense like the philadelphia eagles if he was going to the baltimore ravens then yeah that that would worry me a little bit on being touchdown dependent in that offense Uh, The wide receiver I thought that landed in the best spot in the entire draft, Paris Campbell out of Ohio State who got picked 21st in the second round by the Indianapolis Colts. I thought this was a home run selection by the Colts. Paris Campbell is a phenomenal wide receiver especially when it comes to yak and speed. Does he have trouble catching the ball at times? Absolutely. My biggest fear was that someone was going to get him and try to put him on the outside and make him into a wide receiver. That he's not. He will slide right into the slot here, I think, uh, with the Colts. I think that he obviously has no other competition now other than T.Y. Hilton. I think he is going to thrive here and eat in this offense. I unfortunately think this hurts my boy Eric Ebron a little bit, uh, being there in the tight end position, but I don't even care. I think Paris Campbell is going to be phenomenal now and this was just right there with Debo Samuel those two like I I, it's hard for me to separate the only reason I give Paris Campbell the edge is because we know what luck is and we just don't know what Jimmy G is at this moment I think Paris Campbell should be right up there with Nikhil Harry and Debo Samuel is one of the first wide receivers off the board in everybody's rookie drafts
0: yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him uh you know, when we did the the wide receiver episode, one of the things we talked about was how much of his very shallow average depth of target was uh, Urban Meyer and how much was the, uh, whether or not he had the ability to uh, play the deeper positions. So I, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, you know, We'll see how he progresses as a catcher. You know, T.Y. Hilton is 29 years old, and so the potential uh, is there for him to be the understudy for a couple years, and you know, take over as the the number one with luck there. So, uh, I agree. I think that I think they'll manufac they will manufacture some ways to get the ball in his hands. I can see him using that four three speed running the jet sweep because it, it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see him, you know, running those quick outs and those uh, type of, types of passes. And you know, you know, much like uh, size in basketball, speed in football is something you just can't teach. Yeah. Uh,
1: the next wide receiver off the board was Andy Isabella out of UMass with a 30th pick in the second round to the Arizona Cardinals. Interesting fit here. Obviously, I would imagine uh, I, I, for me, he's a slot wide receiver, so i don't... I'm torn on this one. I think he's a he's a decent wide receiver. However, I think Christian Kirk could possibly be better than him, and Christian Kirk, I think, profiles as a slot wide receiver. He's the guy who we all talked about last year being the guy who's going to replace Larry Fitzgerald when he leaves. So does Christian Kirk move to the outside now to allow Andy Isabella to move into the slot? Do they try and put Andy Isabella on the outside you know, I know you're not that big of a fan of Kyler Murray possibly doing anything in the NFL. I'm completely torn on Andy Isabella. What to believe for him? I, I, I do somewhat like the landing spot for him, and I do am a somewhat believer of him and in his talent. I just don't honestly know what to think about him at all. I I, I would imagine people are going to be much higher on him in this landing spot than I am. Are going to take him a lot earlier than I will in any of my drafts.
0: Well, Isabella is. His game is speed, and well, he's built like a small slot guy. Uh, you know, most of the draft season, uh, his people have been telling everybody how he's an outside receiver. He played outside at UMass. Uh, he's, uh, he, that, that, that's where he excels. Uh, I probably have more concerns with his hands. He's a body catcher. I think that's going to lead to drops in the NFL. And when you're when you're inconsistent, it starts to diminish your opportunities pretty quickly. And so I'm I'm uh, I, I don't expect I'm gonna have any shares of Andy Isabella. Uh, could it work? I, I'm still I think the jury is still out on what's gonna happen with the quote unquote air raid offense in Arizona. You know they drafted. I think they drafted three wide receivers and signed one free agent. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, that's if for sure. I'm if I'm in, if I'm betting on uh, if I'm betting on uh, Arizona wide receivers right now, uh, I'm betting on Kirk and Fitz.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Right now, definitely. I think with the future, uh, Kirk is still the number one, and then the guy that they drafted in the fourth round, who we'll be talking about here in a minute, I, I think has more upside in that offense right now than Isabella. Uh, with the 32nd pick in the second round, the Seattle Seahawks selected D.K. Metcalf out of Ole Miss. I actually like this landing spot for him. I, I talked about it on Twitter, and I know in one of the, the group chats that we are in, uh, I think he has a chance to be a bigger, better version of Tyler Lockett in this offense. He's, you know, A lot of people talk about how raw of a wide receiver he is, and they talk about his three-cone drill and, and everything that he did there. If you just tell him to run, he is by far one of the best wide receivers in this class. He's got decent hands. He's got good size. He'll go up and get the ball. We saw what Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett did last year with the deep ball. I think that DK Metcalf, Metcalf can go out there and do that exact same thing. Is he going to be... Uh, an elite wide receiver at the next level. I think that still remains to be seen. He has the measurables, and I think he has the ability to do it. He obviously needs to improve on parts of his game, uh, but I do like the landing spot for him there in Seattle with a with a, uh, with, a wide receiver, with a quarterback like Russell Wilson.
0: You know, as somebody who's been as down on Metcalf as I have, I love the landing spot, uh, especially if Baldwin retires. So. If Baldwin retires, you know, volume is king yeah. in fantasy football. And if Baldwin retires, uh, Lockett is coming off a, a super uh, efficient year. That's bound to regress some. And ba- uh, ba- uh, not, Doug Baldwin's, uh, his target's got to go somewhere. And so they're not going to go to, they're not going to all go to to Lockett. They're not going to all go to David Moore. So I I think Metcalf actually, I think he might, his landing spot and the coaching staff and Russell Wilson and how I think that they will, they're not going to try to make him do stuff he's not good at. Right. If if Seattle does anything right, they don't make that. They, they don't have you do stuff you're not good at. You know, they everybody uh, kind of poo pooed them years ago when they drafted Bruce Irvin in the first round, and they were like, everybody's like, oh, he's only a situational pass rusher. And Pete Carroll said, okay, then we'll situationally have him pass rush, <laughs> and Irvin was fine. So it's like they're going to take DK Metcalf, and they're going to say, all right, you run these four or five routes. Uh, And they may have him do some of the other things as a decoy to get better at doing that stuff. So I I think he's in a great landing spot.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm interested to see... Um, where he and he's another one of those players that I'm really interested to see where he goes in our mock draft on Monday uh, because I think landing spot for, for a lot, of, not that you were a huge hater of him, but a lot of those people who said he could not survive in the NFL, how high up he moves up people's boards now based on his landing spot because I do think I'm a right there with you. It's a phenomenal spot for him. With the second pick in the third round, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. Interesting pick for me, and I threw it up there on Twitter. So he's a little undersized, good speed. Uh, I know he did, I believe, tested bad at the combine, Um, but from what I saw, and I'm not not gonna lie, did not watch a lot of tape on him come out of Toledo. I did see some, Uh, but he looked good on tape. Never made it really into my top 20. The one thing I'll say is Pittsburgh does this, and they're always right. They draft wide receivers and they always end up being able to develop them and turn them into studs. So for me, he's someone you have to watch. I don't know if you've seen more of him than I have, uh, and you can give any more insight into him than I can, but if you go back and look at Pittsburgh's track record with wide receivers that they've drafted, it's by far one of the best, if not the best, when it comes to that developing of wide receivers. So he's someone that you can likely get in the end of the third or fourth round of your rookie drafts, and he's someone i take a flyer on who could end up becoming, uh, I hate to say Antonio Brown because I don't think anybody's going to become Antonio Brown again, but someone who could end up being an explosive and good wide receiver at Pittsburgh that nobody thought would do anything coming out of the draft.
0: Well, you know how when we were talking about Benny Snell, I said that Pittsburgh has a type. Yeah. Well, they have a type at wide receiver (laughs) too. And uh, Deontay Johnson is that type. And uh, I I think that uh, he has a chance to, he's going to start off as the wide receiver four. They're going to have Moncrief and Washington on the outside and Juju in the slot and moving around. And then they're, they're going to just let Johnson work his way into the offense. Uh, you know, he's 5'10", 187 he ran a four six at the combine, I think, but he does play faster. So it'll be interesting to, to watch. I don't know if he, I don't know if uh, expecting much out of him this year is going to be the way to go, because um, they're they're definitely going to give Moncrief uh, the opportunity. But we, we've we've uh, we've seen two teams give Moncrief an opportunity, so that that might actually uh, play to his uh, play in his favor. So. Yeah, I think, now, I think Johnson to the Steelers. It was probably a little bit earlier than I think the pick needed to be made, but it, it's a good fit.
1: Yeah, and I thought now it was uh,
0: just oh. has to develop now.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a little bit ironic too that that was the pick they got back from Oakland for Antonio Brown, and they drafted a guy who who could end up being a being a replacement for him in a way. Um, the next pick, I'm a little torn on uh, with the third pick in the third round, the San Francisco 49ers selected Jalen Hurd out of Baylor. Uh, Jalen Hurd is a guy we talked about with Brandon. Uh, I believe he was toward the bottom of all of our rankings in the 24 when we did the episode with Brandon was 13 through 24. I'm pretty sure he made all of our rankings, but he was down in the 20 to 24 range. Uh, I like him. He's just a raw wide receiver. I feel like they have quite a few of those. They drafted a few of those last year as well, Uh, so I don't really know if he plays much in for me fantasy right now. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer pick on him late late in a rookie draft but i just don't see him producing anything at least this year maybe even next year i could see him just being a special teamer right now uh, and see if he's able to develop and and become a wide receiver for in the nfl
0: i i just i he didn't make my top 24 i don't think there's really i I think he's very developmental uh he's going to be in the um Tate, marcel Aitman category you know i was big on eight men and i did have some shares of tate so i think he's gonna fall somewhere in that if i can get him in the fifth round i may throw him on a taxi squad but uh, i don't i don't know he he just doesn't i I don't think he's in right now i don't think he's an nfl player
1: yeah
0: i I think he's going to end up on a practice squad and
1: With with a 12th pick in the third round, the Washington Redskins took Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State. Uh, We talked about him a little bit when we talked about Dwayne Haskins in the last episode. Uh, I actually like the landing spot. I think it's a very good landing spot for him. I don't think they have any real wide receivers to speak of. I know a lot of people want to talk about uh, Josh Doxson and him being a first-round pick just a couple years ago, but he really hasn't shown, at least in my opinion, anything to prove that he can be the number one there. Uh, Trey Quinn was the guy they drafted last year who a lot of people still have a lot of high hopes on. Paul Richardson doesn't scare me. Uh, Michael Floyd doesn't scare me. They obviously lost, uh, why am I forgetting, Jamison Crowder to the New York Jets this offseason. So I could see McLaurin possibly moving in to the slot position. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly where they would put him or if they'd allow him to be on the outside. But I do like the landing spot, um, as I touched on when I talked about... Dwayne Haskins, I think he's going to be one of the bigger factors in McLaurin's fantasy value, though, moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, McLaurin's going to end up being one of the outside receivers. Um, that's what he did at Ohio State. I, he's got good speed, uh, knows for the end zone. You know, he didn't catch a ton of passes, uh, but so many of the passes went were those short passes to Paris Campbell. But he did catch 30, I think he caught 35 passes for 700 yards, yeah. and he caught 11 touchdowns. So the, there's a relationship there. McLaurin is going to, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be willing to play whatever role they need, whether it's special teams, gunner, whether it's, you know, returner. He's just going to be out there willing to do all of that. And I hope that doesn't diminish his ability to play wide receiver. You know, Doxon could be in line for a breakout. You know, the the downside with Doxon, you know, he hasn't stepped up and outperformed any of the five or six quarterbacks that he's played with in the last three years. Yeah. So while he's been in the same offensive system, it's been a carousel at quarterback, um, in part due to the offensive line not uh, keeping the quarterbacks upright. So I maybe give Dotson a little bit of a break there. Uh, I think if, uh, you know, he's going to have two new quarterbacks this year, so he's going to need to, you know, hopefully he's figured out how to uh, develop chemistry quickly because he's going to have Keenum and Haskins this year. Uh, I I like McLaurin. Uh, I don't know how fantasy relevant he'll be this year. I don't know if he's a one. I don't know if he's a wide receiver one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if not, you know, that's going to hamper some of his uh, ability. But he's, you know, he can catch the ball. He runs good routes. He's a hard worker. So the desire is there. Uh, and he's, what, I think six foot and 200 pounds. Yeah. So he's got decent size, 4'3", You know, I I've got hope. I just don't know that it's going to happen this year. Yeah, would oh, be have, a two- or three-year breakout candidate.
1: I have a lot of hope for him as well. Like I said, I think he's going to be tied to Dwayne Haskins, obviously, for a long time. Uh, I do think that he – I'm right there with you. I don't think he breaks out this year because I also think even if he makes that starting lineup, which I actually would expect he does, uh, if Case Keenum starts the year, uh, we saw what he did in Denver with these guys who can go deep. Uh, he just did not support them at all. Uh, so I, I would imagine once Haskins comes in, maybe they're able to build on that um, relationship they already have and continue to build it, uh, but I, I would imagine he's more of a guy to expect something from next year. Uh, with the next pick, the 29th pick in the third round, Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame goes to Baltimore. Uh, as much as I liked Miles Boykin, uh, he was in my top. Uh, no actually I don't think he made my top 24 I can't remember he's someone that a lot of people liked obviously based on his combine performance uh, but going to Baltimore I think almost completely kills his value at this point uh, I think there was things he needed to work on to begin with uh, and then going to Baltimore I think just almost completely destroys his fantasy value
0: yeah I, I had him at 10 based on uh, his ab- raw ability and flashes playing with some pretty terrible quarterbacks so uh, you know, I guess he's got that going for him, and that he's used to playing with terrible quarterbacks. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, with the first pick in the fourth round, my guy Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State goes to the Arizona Cardinals. He's the one I was talking about earlier. I think has a chance to to still be good opposite of Christian Kirk there with Kyler Murray. Again, I do believe in Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be a good uh, quarterback in the NFL. I think Hakeem Butler gives him the perfect red zone target. Now in Arizona, he's a guy who he can throw the ball up to. He's going to go get it. Uh, did a lot better in Yak yardage, and A lot of people want to give him credit for it. Does he struggle with drops? Yes, absolutely. But that's something that can be improved upon. I really hate the fact that a lot of people talked about how that can't be fixed and uh, he's not that good of a wide receiver prospect you can improve on that I mean David Njoku hasn't quite done that yet in the NFL but he's also a tight end so you expect a lot more out of him uh, especially with the blocking and all this stuff I think Hakeem Butler can work on that Uh, I liked this landing spot for him not the best landing spot but I did like it for him because I don't think Once Larry Fitzgerald leaves, likely at the end of this year, I think he easily becomes the number two behind Christian Kirk. Uh, You know, we haven't seen anybody else there, really, in Arizona. You know, I know we were both actually big Chad Williams fans. That just hasn't seemed to work out for them. Uh, So I think Hakeem Butler easily becomes the most dynamic threat on the outside, uh, depending on where they put Christian Kirk, uh, and definitely their biggest threat and red zone threat uh, in Arizona. Wouldn't expect much out of him this year, uh, but I do think that he is one of those guys that the second or third year could become a huge uh star for the for the wide receiver position in fantasy.
0: Well I, I think Butler is probably gonna have a fool's gold kind of year. He's gonna he's gonna do better than I, I think a lot of guys might expect, in part because there's nobody else in Arizona that really does what he does. You know they brought in a couple tight ends. You know Ricky Seals, Jones, and Charles Clay, who are big receivers, but they're not six five and run a four four nine forty. Yeah. So Butler is going to get an opportunity to have some targets come his way, and yeah, you know, Fitzgerald. while good size, just doesn't have the speed anymore. He's going to stay in the slot. Kirk is a 5'10 guy. Isabella is a five eight guy. Uh, who am I missing? Somebody else I think they brought in that's short. Um, so it's it's one of those situations where uh, he's going to get uh, – there's going to be a particular set of things they ask him to do that are going to funnel targets to him. Uh, and some of that's going to be red zone stuff as well, which will help offset. But I, I – you know, I don't know if it's uh, – I, I think him lasting until the fourth round really tells you what NFL evaluators thought of his skill set. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Again, I, I think that Arizona uh, offense right now, from, from where I stand and kind of how that team is being run, it looks like a hot mess to me. Yeah,
1: unfortunately. Uh, So just to be honest with you, there's really one guy on this list that has any interest to me after that. Um, So I'm just going to read a couple of these guys. If there's someone that you want to give any kind of thoughts or you think might be good, uh, go ahead and let me know. Uh, But really, I don't think any of these guys have much fantasy value at the moment. Uh, So at the 18th pick in the fourth round, you had Gary Jennings Jr. out of West Virginia go to Seattle. Uh, with the twenty fourth pick in the fourth round, you had Riley Ridley uh, out of Georgia go to Chicago. Uh, I'll just say on him real quick. I, I believe you're with me. Neither one of us are big Riley Ridley fans. I also think that's a horrible landing spot for him as well. So I don't expect anything out of him. Y- your thoughts on? Ridley? Well, I
0: think. Well, back to Jennings. I think with if, if Doug Baldwin, uh, you know, if he does retire. There's going to be an opportunity there for Jennings. I think he's a a little bit better David Moore style receiver. Okay, he's got okay size. Uh, two seasons ago, he was uh, kind of he he was a, a target, heavily targeted, caught a bunch of touchdown passes. I'm doing this for me- for memory, so pardon me if I got the two seasons switched around. And then this past season, uh, they had him playing more of a short slot role. And so his numbers, uh, I I think two seasons ago, it was a high-volume roll. I think he had 90 catches and uh, one touchdown. And then this last season, it was more of an outside roll, and he had like 55 catches and 11 touchdowns. So he's got some versatility to his game, and going to Seattle with really just Tyler Lockett uh, if Baldwin retires uh, there, there could be a, a good opportunity there for him. Uh, Ridley, uh, you know, after he was picked, I think somebody said, I saw somebody tweet something out about what the, what's this mean for Allen Robinson. And my response was it doesn't mean anything for Allen yeah. Robinson. doesn't mean anything for Anthony Miller. Uh, you know, he's going to be right now the wide receiver four or five on that team.
1: Uh, with the 11th pick in the 5th round, Hunter Renfro goes to Clemson. I mean, I liked Hunter Renfro at Clemson. Uh, I just don't think he does much for me fantasy-wise in Oakland. I think he could slide into that slot-wide receiver role, uh, but I'm not seeing much for him fantasy-wise. I'll pass. Okay. Darius Slayton out of Auburn gets drafted in the 33rd spot in the 5th round by the New York Giants. Same thing for me. I, I don't see much for him uh, with the Giants.
0: Yeah, the the Giants. Uh, you know, unless he's a, a slot guy. Because they apparently are collecting them now.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's that's probably part of the problem too. Uh, with the first pick in the sixth round, Keyshawn Johnson out of Fresno State goes to Arizona. Uh, he's a little interesting to me. Um, did look bad at the combine, but I thought actually looked better on his pro day. Has looked decent on tape. Very good with the fifty-fifty balls uh, and good tracking the ball. Uh, but I'm just not sure. I, I like Isabelle. I like Kirk Isabella and Butler more uh, at Arizona, and I actually think they added, not that I think he's going to do anything, uh, I actually think they added Kevin White uh, as well in the offseason. I think he's one of the people they added. Uh, you know, Not that I think Kevin White's going to ever do anything, unfortunately, uh, but also Chad Williams there as well, and I believe Farrell Cooper's there. So I, I don't know Johnson has any value there really, but he is a little bit interesting to me.
0: Yeah, they they did add Kevin White during the off season as a free agent. So uh, it's uh, you know I I think right now they are uh, definitely in the let's get uh, everybody we can and kind of see who works out mode. Yeah, uh, they they're trying to they're trying to bring in people I think that have some experience with uh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Or Mike Leach's offense because I think Kingsbury is Kingsbury is from the Mike Leach tree. Yes, I believe so. So they're they're looking they're looking for they're looking for people that speak the language to get everybody on the same page.
1: With uh with the eleventh pick in the sixth round, Travis Fulgham out of Old Dominion goes to the Detroit Lions. Uh, if you've got anything to put on him, I know you're the, the Lions fan. You can let me know. Uh, for me, he he doesn't do much for me.
0: Yeah, I think somebody. I, The only thing I I really know about him is somebody tweeted he was the best blocker in the draft.
1: Gotcha. Uh, With the 14th pick in the sixth round, Jawan Winfrey out of Colorado goes to Denver. Um, Good size, average speed, uh, tracks the ball well, but for me, nothing. I I think they've got a good group of wide receivers, especially if Emmanuel Sanders comes back. So, uh, for me, he's nothing right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Really don't know anything about him.
1: Okay. Uh, with the 30th pick in the sixth round, the Atlanta Falcons took Marcus Green out of UL Monroe. Uh, he's a guy I know really know nothing about, and I'll say the same thing with Denver. With the wide receivers they have right now in at Atlanta, I can't imagine uh, he does much for you fantasy-wise.
0: Yeah, he's got a – unless he's a special teams guy, can return punts and kicks, you know, I, I – he's somebody I'm going to have to look into and see. But if I'm not in the league, if he doesn't play special teams, does returns and whatnot, um, and I don't get points for it, I don't see it uh, anything happening. Yeah,
1: with uh, the 33rd pick in the sixth round, this was a very interesting pick, uh, in my opinion. The fact that he fell this far. Kelvin Harmon at NC State gets drafted by the Washington Redskins. Now he's the one guy that was on this list that I wanted to talk about um, because I liked Harmon. He was up in my top five uh, when I first did my rankings, dropped down a little bit based on some of the stuff he did in the combine. Uh, But I like Harmon. I think he's a good wide receiver. I could see him making a name there in Washington. I know we obviously talked about the receiving core a little bit there and we talked about Terry McLaurin. Um, I do think that if you just base it on McLaurin and Doxson, he would become the three I don't think he beats out either one of those guys uh, but I could see him being at least somewhat fantasy relevant in the future uh, he's you know a great great size um, decent speed I guess again he didn't show that at the combine but 6'3 through 221 uh, I thought a very good wide receiver coming out uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on, on Harmon
0: you know I I can I, I guess I'm looking at it two different ways one way is well Josh Doxon's coming up to the end of his rookie deal and isn't panning out. And so we need to get somebody that fits that role and that mold. And lo and behold, here's Calvin Harmon dropping all the way to the sixth round. We might as well take a shot there. Um, I I could definitely see him having a productive role there uh, at, you know, part of his issue is speed and athleticism. And so he's going to have to, they're, you know, J- Jay Gruden's going to have to figure out uh, how he works. Uh, where does he fit in, in that um, offense? So it, it it's not a bad pick by any stretch just based on uh, college production. You know, he was very, very productive in college. Mm-hmm. And I think that matters. A lot of times, especially when you get this late, you're looking for people who produced against uh, top talent, and he did that. So it's very very interesting uh, landing spot. I think he's gonna. It'll be interesting to watch where he goes in rookie drafts now. That's that's going to be something to keep an eye out for because he was going. He was like up there in the top five wide receivers for an awful lot of people
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i would imagine he's fallen to the third or fourth round for for most rookie drafts um with a 35th pick in the sixth round scott miller out of bowling green goes to tampa bay uh that does nothing for me
0: yeah he was fairly productive but he's he's a little guy he's gonna uh he's gonna end up being a kick returner uh returned 43 kicks in college so i could see him uh dropping into that role I mean, he's he's 5'11", 166.
1: With the 22nd pick in the seventh round, John Ursua out of Hawaii goes to Seattle. Uh, Same thing, we've kind of already talked about Seattle's wide receiver core. I think he's going to be toward the bottom of of that for me.
0: Now He was very productive in college, uh, but he did a two-year mission. So he's like 24, 25 years old coming out of college. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he did a mission to Paris. So... While being productive, he is uh, an older player, and I think that really that's one of the things that pushed him down the draft boards.
1: Gotcha. Uh, With a 23rd pick in the seventh round, uh, Terry Godwin out of Georgia goes to Carolina. Uh, I liked Godwin, uh, but I feel like he meshes perfectly in with all the wide receivers they already have there. In a smaller, kind of speedier wide receiver, I I would have thought they would have taken a, a big guy, uh, to kind of compliment the guys like Curtis Samuel uh, and, um, my goodness, why did I just forget his name uh, that they drafted? DJ year? DJ Moore, there we go. Uh, and DJ Moore, I feel like he fits right into that mold with those two guys. With uh, the 25th pick in the seventh round, Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon goes to Minnesota. Uh, does nothing for me, really. Uh, any thoughts on Mitchell? No. Nah. No? Nah? Okay. And then the last wide yep, receiver. Guy. We've got is uh, and I I'd no idea how to say this name, guys, so I'm just going to do my best. B.C.
0: Johnson. Ola
1: B.C. Johnson. Okay, that's not at all what I was going to say, so I'm glad that you stepped in. Uh, again, went with the 33rd pick in the seventh round out of Colorado State to Minnesota, and same thing for me. Nothing really to add uh, to him fantasy-wise.
0: Uh, he did some punt returning in college, so I expect that's where he's going to have to make his hey uh, A little bit of production. 54 catches, 41 catches. Um, but I think it's going to be, you know, he's 5'11, 6 uh, foot 200 pounder. So he's going to uh, he's going to have to make the team as a uh, punt returner, I think. All right,
1: moving on to the tight ends. Well,
0: well, let's go through let's go through the wide receiver free agents. Oh, okay, go ahead. So, Emmanuel Hall signed with Chicago.
1: Uh, I actually like that. I think he could easily be the third guy there with um, with Robinson and Miller. I think that he's better than Ridley. I, I would. I know you think so too. So I think that's actually a fairly decent spot for him. I mean, his his value is going to be tied to Trubisky uh, being more accurate.
0: Yeah, he's got. You know, he's still having some in, soft soft tissue issues, and I, I think I read earlier today that he needs to have a sporternia surgery. Gotcha. So. He's got to get that stuff taken care of. For him, it's going to come down to, you know, he's super athletic. It's just going to have to be um, get healthy and stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, Demarcus Lodge out of Ole Miss going to Tampa Bay. Um, let's
1: see. Interesting. Just pulled up their wide receiver because I was trying to remember who else they had. I actually kind of like that spot because – I like Justin Watson, but I, I think he could be better than Watson. Obviously, they've got Perriman, Bobo Wilson. Uh, obviously, he's not going to beat out Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, but I do think he could quickly become the three, be that uh, guy on the outside opposite of Evans and uh, Chris Godwin being in the slot. So I actually really like that spot for Lodge.
0: Yeah, he, he's not a deep threat, uh, but he does have good size, and uh, you know he's good with the contested ball. Yeah. Uh, Average speed, high four fives, low four sixes. So, uh, but you know, he, he's used to playing with quality players. Uh, Preston Williams out of Colorado State uh, signed with Miami.
1: I really like that landing spot actually now obviously I don't know what he does this year Uh, no Ryan Fitzpatrick decent quarterback I I don't want to say anything bad about Fitzpatrick uh, but they don't have a wide receiver core so to speak in my opinion they don't have a one on that roster Parker Ricardo Lewis who I'm a big fan of when the Browns drafted Albert Wilson Kenny Stills Jakeem Grant Isaiah Ford and Bryce Butler I think Preston Williams could possibly be the future one in waiting in Miami Uh, no he you are big on him so your thoughts
0: you know if he doesn't go uh oh who's that cat that jacksonville drafted a few years ago
1: oh i know who you're talking about uh um goodness dude um um uh, because he always gets compared to to josh gordon because of the the uh, blackman justin blackman there we go justin blackman
0: Yep. if he if he can if he doesn't go justin blackman man this dude this could be it i mean
1: yeah I he's
0: big and he's fast he's a little rough around the edges on his routes man but he can get those rubbed off he could you know he he could take over by the end of this season as as the one there him and Josh Rosen man they could they could light it up oh I forgot this about is
1: Rosen a, how did I forget that yeah. Rosen got traded there that's a good call good job reminding me of that this,
0: this this could be really, really something.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he could, well, real quick before we move on to the next one, he could be a steal in rookie draft for everybody who's listening to this because I would guarantee you, especially because he was in a, a UDFA, there's a lot of people who are not going to take him early. He's a guy, in my opinion, he's worth taking in the third round. I mean, I wouldn't say second round, but I think he's a guy you could easily snag in the third round. Most people are not going to be thinking to take there and could quickly become a wide receiver one uh, for their team.
0: Uh, I think by the end of draft season, you're not going to be able to get him in the third round. Oh, I unless, agree. Unless he, unless he craps out and uh, you know gets busted for drugs again or something before you know somewhere over the summer. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's. I think he's had his act together for a couple years now. So yeah. If he can keep his head on straight, you know that's the only thing that worries me. Is you know, he had a marijuana suspension at Tennessee, and then he had a marijuana suspension at Colorado State, and then he's going to Miami. Yeah. So, uh, next one, Stanley Morgan Jr., uh, signed with Cincinnati. Uh,
1: Cincinnati, Cincinnati. So, we got Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, anybody else that I can think of? because what do they have? Uh, John, John Ross. Ross. Auden, Auden uh, Tate was last year too, right? Auden Tate went to yeah. them last year. Uh, I mean, I, I I
0: don't know if he makes an impact this year, but yeah. I think Morgan is a, I
1: like a good sign I like the spot just because uh, A.J. Green, with the with the health issues that he's dealt with the past couple years, he may be on his way out in the next couple of years. Uh, so I like the spot, but I think he's one of, I think he's, the perfect comparison, because he's on the roster, Tyler Boyd. I think he's a guy you're not going to okay. see anything out of for the next three years, probably.
0: So next one, Jazz Ferguson out of Northwestern State, signed by Seattle.
1: Uh, I'm probably going to pass it on up Ferguson. There, isn't it? Uh, I-, I like Ferguson a little bit, but with everybody else we've just talked about and the guys they have there, I I, I don't know if he's going to do anything for fantasy.
0: Yeah, it I don't think this year, you know, there's definitely uh you know, he's got some skills. He's a big guy. I think he's 6-4. Um wouldn't wouldn't be surprising to see him uh come on in a couple years. But he did uh you know, he did leave LSU and went to Northwestern State, so uh you know, maybe he's not a great decision maker or something. Maybe that was the right decision, who knows. Mhm. I got two more. Lil' Jordan Humphrey signed with New Orleans. Uh,
1: I am not a big Lil' Jordan Humphreys fan, um, so I don't think this is a big deal signing for, for me. going to New Orleans, I mean, I know New Orleans probably needs the help on the outside. I mean, they really only have Michael Thomas, I, I think. I don't, I don't think any of those other guys are really going to jump off the page to you. So maybe he's someone that they can use down in the red zone, uh, but I'd imagine... Nine out of ten times, Drew Brees is going to be going to Michael Thomas in the red zone. So not a big signing for me. And actually, like the tight end, they signed more, who I'm excited to talk about.
0: Yeah, I little Jordan Humphrey signing with New Orleans seems an awful lot like, uh, you know, what is this, the 47th signing of the next Marcus Colston? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, uh, David Sills out of West Virginia signed with Buffalo.
1: That one is a little bit more interesting to me uh, David Sill's a guy who again we I know we talked about uh, being a former quarterback going there. Uh, I could actually see him being something. Again, I would uh, almost compare him to Preston Williams. Not a lot of players on that roster right now with wide receiver position that uh, impress me. Uh, Obviously, Robert Foster I think would probably be the one standout name for what he did last year. Uh, Some people like Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, I'm not really a big Zay Jones guy. I feel like he hasn't really proven it, although this is the year for him to prove it, I guess, and it being his third year with Josh Allen, uh there now being their starting quarterback for his second year. Uh I actually kind of like that landing spot for him. He's someone I could possibly see being fantasy relevant in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, I I could see him, uh, you know, moving into a uh Jordy Nelson type of role. Mm-hmm. B- bigger outside receiver, a pretty good speed. Uh you know, it's it's uh He's a little antithetical to some of their other receivers in that he's a a bigger guy. You know, Zay is a smaller guy, and Isaiah McKenzie is a really small guy. So I I don't mind that signing a bit. I think that's a a decent landing spot.
1: All right, so moving on now to the tight ends, and, and a lot of these guys I think landed in really good landing spots, and I think the tight end might actually be a very big fan or. Extremely fantasy-relevant in fantasy rookie drafts this year. I know in a lot of the rookie drafts I'm in, usually you see one or two, maybe three at the most tight ends go throughout the draft. It's mostly wide receivers, running backs, uh, some quarterbacks mixed in. Uh, I could see four, five, six, possibly even seven tight ends going in rookie drafts this year with their landing spots. Let's start with the first one that came off the board at number eight. TJ Hawkinson to the Detroit Lions. I like the pick. I know a lot of people will talk about how Detroit doesn't know how to use tight ends. Uh, I think it would be fairly fair to say TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end that Detroit has had in quite a long time. Uh, I think Stafford will go to him early and often, especially losing Golden Tate and really only having Kenny Galladay there uh, to throw the ball to us. So I really like the landing spot for Hawkinson. Add in, the fact that he is such a good run blocker as well, I think will help out carry on Johnson.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm a a big fan of this as a uh, a Detroit Lions fan. Um, You know, I don't know if the production is going to be there for fantasy this year,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, at least consistently. But getting him, getting in there, getting settled in with Stafford, uh, I I could definitely see a, a big role. Uh, You know, it's like kind of, uh, you know, Matt Patricia's got his grunt now.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. At number 20 in the first round, we saw Noah Font go to uh, uh, Iowa, go to Denver. I love this pick as well. Um, You know, a lot of people I saw commenting on Twitter saying, well, he's going to Denver with Joe Flacco. Uh, I I think a lot of people forget how fantasy-relevant Dennis Pitta was with Joe Flacco. Dennis Pitta was by far the best tight end that Flacco has had for a long time. Uh, I think Noah Font goes in there and does great things for him. I also think that he'll be fine with Drew Locke. Uh, Obviously, he's going to have to work on run blocking a little bit. Doesn't help uh, your Royce Freeman shares any with him going in there because he's not a great blocker. But I think adding him as a great offensive weapon there into Denver uh, is a great landing spot for him as well. Um, Unfortunately, I I was hoping he would land in a better spot uh, to push him above Hawkinson, but I think that those two now have kind of firmly supplanted themselves as Hawkinson one and Fant two uh, for tight ends now with their landing spots. But I thought it was a great spot for him.
0: I I, I agree. Um, actually, the landing spot for Fant uh, may move him up to my number one. Oh, okay. I I think because I think uh, the one thing that he's getting in that landing spot. Is a quarterback that has shown how uh, has shown that he can uh, su- support a tight end at a really high level, and Fant is a excellent pass receiver, very athletic. So, depending on who went there as the offensive coordinator, I forget who Vangio Van Gio brought with him. No, Mike Denver. Munchak is there, but I don't think he's the OC. I don't remember. Either. Um, but
1: was it no it wasn't Kubiak. No. Kubiak left
0: yeah i don't right. remember yeah I, I forget but i can see fant uh just being the better fantasy option this year because he's going to get the the higher passing volume
1: it is rich scarangello however you say that general oh name.
0: yeah uh, yeah he came from san that. francisco
1: yes that's right yes
0: yeah, where George Kittle was. Cause. Oh,
1: God, George Kittle, which I, I, I'm a little worried about one of the guys they drafted, but we'll get to him in a little bit. Uh, the 18th pick in the second round, Irv Smith out of Alabama goes to Minnesota. Uh, I do like this spot for him. Uh, we've seen uh, how valuable some of the tight ends were in uh, – jo- I was for, couldn't remember his name. Jordan Reed was uh, with Kirk Cousins back when Kirk Cousins was in Washington. Um, Irv Smith I do think is likely not going to do much this year. I think this is possibly Kyle Rudolph's last year in this offense, but I think perfect backup for Kyle Rudolph and uh, possibly a fantasy stud in the making because, again, I think Kirk Cousins uh, will do a very good job of making him very fantasy relevant once he becomes the starter.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, you know Rudolph is in the last year of his contract. Um, I don't think they're, they have any intention of re-signing him. Uh, Smith is a, a good receiver. Not as athletic as Fant. Uh, may not even be as athletic as Hawkinson, but he is athletic. Uh, good with the ball in his hands, and he's a he's a willing blocker. He's a little shorter than uh, most tight ends at six two, um, but he you know he he comes from he's he's got an NFL pedigree. He came from an offense that used the tight end pretty well, and. He'll have a couple good running backs behind him and a couple good wide receivers outside of him, which can really open up that middle of the field and uh, give him some room to operate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, be interesting to see, but I, I like that spot as well. Still my number four, though, because my number three I think landed in a, in a great spot as well. Uh, the next uh, tight end off the board was uh, an interesting pick, in my opinion. The 20th pick in the second round, Drew Sample out of Washington. Uh, so Mr. Sal Leto talked about him a little bit. Was very high on him. Uh, I actually like the pick. If, if he, I'm not a hundred percent, I'm not as sold on him as, as Sal was. Uh, but I got to give it to Sal because he is a tight end guy. That's why you got him onto the podcast. So I'm going to take his word for it. That sample is a very good player, uh, and, and I don't think they have a tight end of note there in Cincinnati. I, I don't believe in Tyler Croft. I know they. I believe they brought back Tyler Eifert, who again is a great tight end, but his injured more often than he isn't uh, so sample is uh, an interesting prospect for me someone i'd be willing to take a flyer on late in rookie drafts
0: yeah you know he didn't produce a ton uh receiving he only caught 25 passes but you know often you'll find that in uh college offenses so i i i want to believe. But I feel like he's, you know, I don't know that the athletic profile is there. So we'll have to see. Uh, You said he's in Cincinnati, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's in Cincinnati, yes.
0: Yeah, so Taylor coming from uh, L.A., you know, they didn't consistently use their tight ends in the passing game. So I don't know if that gives me a ton of optimism about uh, how his usage could be. It could be just simply that, you know, we know Tyler Eifert's going to break, and we don't think C.J. Uzoma is the long-term answer at the position. Um, You know, but they've got a pretty dynamic backfield and some pretty good uh, wide receivers. So we we need to make sure we have a couple good tight ends that can be on the field when we need them on the field. So I I don't know. The jury's going to be out on this one for me. I got you.
1: With a fifth pick in the third round, Josh Oliver out of San Jose State goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Interesting because a lot of people thought that they would go Font or um, Hawkinson there with their first pick, knowing that that's their biggest need. I thought it was very interesting that they decided to go Oliver over a lot of the other tight ends we're about to get to. So uh, I like the landing spot. He doesn't have much in competition, in my opinion, there at that position. Uh, Josh Oliver was a tight end who... A lot of people are high on. Um, He only had, I believe, it was 530 something receiving yards there at the position. Obviously, goes to Nick with Nick Foles now there in Jacksonville, who didn't really go to the tight end as much as um, as Carson Wentz did, I think. I feel like Carson Wentz is, uh, Zachary, was Zacherts' best friend. Nick Foles kind of spreads the ball around. So not sure what to think of Josh Oliver there, but I do think it was uh, interesting that Jacksonville decided that that's the tight end that they wanted. So that does give me a little bit of, of uh, optimism about his upside.
0: Yeah, he's, you know he's got good size. He, he did uh, catch his, in his senior year, he actually caught 56 passes. Um, so that's, uh, that does bode well. I, can he beat out Blake Jarwin? I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, uh, you know that was their one of their biggest needs. So uh, it's going to be. Uh, I, I feel like he'll probably end up in the top two tight ends. I, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, you, you know, Jacksonville doesn't use their tight ends a ton, mm-hmm. and so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Sands' coaching change next year. Uh, but once you get to tight end six or tight end seven in fantasy, the next dozen or so are pretty interchangeable. So yeah. it, it it's not going to take a whole lot for him to be a tight end one.
1: So my tight end three uh, still remains my tight end three. Uh, I did have him going to the Green Bay Packers. uh went two rounds later than I thought he would. Uh, but with the 11th pick in the third round, Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M goes to the Green Bay Packers. I love this spot. Uh, I think – Likely Jimmy Graham remains the starting tight end for the rest of this year, though we've seen Jimmy Graham has taken a fairly quick downfall here the past couple of years. But I love this spot for him. I think Sternberger finally gives Aaron Rodgers again that athletic tight end who can catch the ball and do something with it likely again will not do be someone who does much for you this year uh but i do think as early as 2020 jay sternberger could pop up and be in that top 12 to top 15 at the tight end position
0: yeah i i like the landing spot um but i i think he's gonna fall in that you know if if he does end up taking over for graham maybe maybe they have him on yeah, actually, as I, I'm, I'm going to reverse this whole position because one of the weak spots in Sternberger's game is his blocking. Yeah. So he's definitely a move tight end. So he's, he's not going to be on the field uh, alone, typically. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if they're in two tight end sets, he might get some play. Uh, could be a, a year two, year three breakout guy. Definitely somebody to stash. Uh, But he is a a good pass catcher and has some athletic ability.
1: With the 22nd pick in the third round, Khalil Waring out of San Diego State goes to the Houston Texans great landing spot for him i think uh texas the texas have needed an offensive weapon at tight end for a long time now uh we keep talking about it every year they draft these tight ends hoping that one of these guys is going to break out we saw i, I know with two jordans last year i don't i know one of them was jordan thomas i can't remember what the other one's last name was uh but again akins there we go uh but again khalil warring is another guy that saletto was very high on and i'm I'm going to lean toward trusting him with this, so I like the pick. Uh, he's another guy that I think you could probably gla- grab late in your rookie drafts that will possibly be a top-end tight end. Uh, he did say in the podcast just a couple episodes ago with us that it would likely take Warring a couple years in the NFL to be a guy, but he would not be surprised if he ends up being a top-12 player at the tight end position. And with him going to Houston, he gets all of the – I think he's got all the chances in the world now to be exactly what Sal thought he thought he could become.
0: Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's a little bit bigger Stephen Anderson type. Uh, very athletic. He played a bunch of different sports, water polo and volleyball, and and just all kinds of stuff before basketball. Before uh, he became a football player, so he's got a very well rounded background and very. Both of his parents were. Uh, athletes, um, but he's going to take time to develop, especially at the NFL level. Uh, I would expect he's going to make the team. Uh, Ryan Griffin, who was sort of the nominal starter there, uh, just got arrested for an OMVI uh, or DWI, depends on what state you're in, what they call it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then they've got the two Jordans there as well. So they've got some decent options uh if inconsistent. So Waring's going to need to to get in the the weight room, uh to get in the playbook and uh, get the route tree down. Once he does, could could end up being a real uh reliable target for um D- Deshaun Watson. You know, Deshaun Watson made uh uh Jordan Leggett a draftable tight end, so With a
1: 30-second pick in the third round, uh, Dawson Knox out of Ole Miss goes to Buffalo. Uh, I love this spot as well. I messed up earlier. It was CJ Uzoma there in Cincinnati with Drew Sample. Tyler Croft, I believe, actually came to Buffalo, so I did mess that up. Uh, But I like this spot for him. I know you are a big Dawson Knox fan. Uh, I think this is a great spot for him because the same thing as I said about Drew Sample in Cincinnati, I don't think he has any competition. Uh, He, I believe... Is a uh, a fairly decent blocker as of right now, um, so I think that could get him all on the field as early as this year. Um, and with uh, them not having a real threat offensively at tight end, I can imagine he ends up being someone worth drafting here and and being po- a possible good tight end within the next year or so.
0: Yeah, there's a it, it, there's not some there's not a lot of difficult obstacles in his way. So, you know, there's there's a knock on him that he didn't catch any touchdown passes in college. Um, But he also, he he had a terrible quarterback. It's amazing when you think about it that uh, three wide receivers in the tight end from Ole Miss all, all got, or two wide receivers in the tight end got drafted, and the third wide receiver got signed as a free agent. And just how bad that the, that quarterback they had was is amazing.
1: With uh, the 19th pick in the fourth round, Trevon Wesco out of West Virginia goes to the New York Jets. Uh, this honestly does nothing really for me. I think he's more of just a guy to come in there and help uh, help block. I, I don't see him at all try, uh, being a threat to Chris Herndon. I think Chris Herndon proved to us last year exactly what he was. So for me, he really doesn't do much for me fantasy-wise
0: yeah what he does for fantasy helps love bell and uh eli mcguire yeah and he's 6'4", 274 pounder so he's he's gonna be you know he's just an extension of the offensive line he's got one of those guys that's gonna play for 15 years uh maybe catch 15 passes
1: yeah with the 30 uh yeah 35th i thought i read that wrong 35th pick in the fourth round a compensation pick obviously uh Your guy Foster Moreau out of LSU goes to Oakland, and I love this spot. This is actually one of the better spots I thought for a tight end to land in the NFL. We saw last year. Um, my goodness, his name just jumped out of my head. Uh, went to went to New Orleans. Uh, Jared,
0: Jared Cook.
1: Cook. Uh, Jared Cook did there last year. I thought he was phenomenal. That obviously like to use the tight end a little bit there. All he has is Lee Smith, Darren Waller, Luke Wilson, and Derek Carrier in his way. I think Foster Moreau was good of a blocker as we saw him be at LSU. Could very quickly make his way up to the number one tight end on this depth chart, and is offensively. Uh, Inclined as you think he will be, I think could end up being again a top fifteen tight end as early as this year, but possibly as late as twenty twenty, uh, be a top twelve to fifteen tight end for fantasy.
0: Yeah, I, I love the landing spot. Uh, I know that they like Darren Waller; he's a converted wide receiver, um, but Moreau has every bit the athletic ability. I think that Waller does so, and he's a, a better blocker. Little bigger, so it'll be really interesting to see how this offense plays out with you know rookie running backs and two free agent wide receivers. Uh, it, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I like Moreau, I, I yeah. could see myself uh, grabbing some shares of Moreau in rookie drafts.
1: With a third pick in the fifth round, Zach Gentry out of Michigan goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I like Gentry. I think he's a little bit underrated as a tight end, uh, or was a little underrated coming into this draft. Uh, but for fantasy, uh, he doesn't do much for me there in in, in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, he's not ringing a bell for me either.
1: Gotcha. Uh, with the third pick in the sixth round, Caden Smith out of Stanford goes to San Francisco. Uh, we actually both talked about him multiple times in the free uh, free agent in the tight end episode with Sal, uh, possibly being a bustable candidate. Uh, I do think that going to San Francisco is a good spot for him in the long run, uh, but he's going to be blocked by George Kittle for years, uh, so I can't imagine he does much for for fantasy value or has much fantasy
0: well- value. I, I don't think if Kittle was there he'd have much fantasy value. Okay. He's a he runs a five flat forty or four nine six forty something. Gotcha. He's a extension of the offensive line. Uh, I know Stanford puts a bunch of tight ends in the NFL and they have this pass catching reputation and he caught passes at Stanford, but he's you know, he he's big and slow.
1: Uh, With the 10th pick in the 7th round, Isaac Nuwada out of Georgia goes to the Detroit Lions. Uh, I know a lot of people were high on Nuwada. The three of us weren't when we did the tight end episode with Sal. Um, But with the fact that TJ Hawkinson went there, he he has no fantasy relevance for me whatsoever.
0: Yeah, he's going to be that second, third tight end. Uh, Again, he's another one that's uh, not terribly athletic. Ran pretty slow. His film looked okay, but uh in the the couple games I looked at, but you know he just doesn't uh he's gonna be be he's gonna be uh definitely have a ceiling of a backup tight end with Hawkinson there.
1: Uh, with the 14th pick in the seventh round, Tommy Sweeney out of Boston College goes to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I've got I've got nothing for for him. I think Dawson Knox uh, was a great pick for them. I, I don't see Sweeney having any fantasy value.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know he's a he's a bigger guy, 260 pounds. He did catch uh, almost 100 passes in college. He's coming out as a senior, uh, so I can see him being the more in line tight end in two tight end sets. With Dawson Knox is the move guy, Knox catching more passes.
1: Yeah, uh, with uh, the oh. To go? There we go. With the 17th pick in the 7th round, uh, Elise Mack out of Notre Dame goes to New Orleans Saints. Actually, like the landing spot, Elise Mack is one of my favorite tight ends in this class. Uh, obviously, being behind Jared Cook is going to hurt him a little bit. However, New Orleans does like to run a lot of two tight end sets. So he might be someone who is fantasy relevant, but I don't imagine that happens for at least a couple years. And then you have to talk in, when you say that, a couple years you don't know who the quarterback might be of the New Orleans Saints in a couple of years because Drew Brees likely won't be there. Uh, so he's someone I wouldn't mind stashing if you got deep rosters or maybe grabbing late in a rookie draft if there's not anybody else there really in the fourth round you want to get. Uh, but he's someone who you likely can pick up off the free agent pile in a couple of years if he becomes fantasy relevant.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think he's got a similar game to Cook. Uh, he's athletic. I, so learning behind Cook is something that could be good for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then the last tight end picked was the 40th pick in the seventh round. Caleb Wilson out of UCLA goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I do think this is a good spot for him to go. He's, he can be a deep threat. Uh, we've already talked about, obviously, the multiple weapons that Arizona has brought in there. Um, obviously, Kyler Murray is going to play into his value as well. Um, he's someone, same thing as Mac. I, he's someone I would – possibly take a flyer on, uh, but I'm not sold that he's going to be anything. However, I do think that he has uh, the opportunity there in Arizona as they really don't have anybody in his way that I would consider a top-tier tight end.
0: Yeah, they, uh, you know, he ran a four five five, I think 40, 4 um, Definitely the ability to carve out a pass-catching role in Arizona. Uh, you know, if they're going to throw the ball a lot, somebody's got to catch it. Yeah. Um, they're bringing in a lot of pass catchers there.
1: All right guys, well that does it. That is uh, our breakdown of all the players now of the 2019 draft. Obviously in this episode we just did the wide receivers and the tight ends. Please uh rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Me and Dennis would both really appreciate it. Uh we will be back again on Monday with Jared Wackerly and Garrett Price. We will be doing a rookie mock draft for round so definitely check that out you'll get a little bit better idea of kind of where we have our players ranked throughout that draft all four of us rank our players a lot differently so it should be a very interesting episode can't wait to get that together uh before we cut out of here dennis where can we find you on twitter and any articles you have coming up
0: i will be uh coasting around twitter at culture underscore coach Talking fantasy football, uh, not talking Avengers Endgame. I know a lot of people still have to go see that. Um, Got an article coming out uh, participating in a division review uh, of fantasy relevant players from the draft. I'll be covering the NFC North for Dynasty Nerds, and that should be out uh, within a couple days. We're all trying to get our stuff wrapped up. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Monday's mock draft so I can... uh, You know, see uh, what I have to go against when it comes to us drafting in our leagues.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I know a lot of leagues are starting up as early as Monday. Uh, I try to do all mine by like Wednesday or Friday startup to get everybody a little bit of time to do a little bit more research and everything. That that would be what I always suggest. Uh, I wouldn't suggest to start Monday, obviously a day or so after the draft, especially because you get to see a lot of these undrafted free agent guys still signing. Uh, but definitely well, the, uh, b-
0: the back row invitational rookie draft started today
1: yeah I know started during the draft yeah I know there's I uh, <laughs> saw a lot of that stuff going on uh, but yeah uh, definitely interested as, in that as well I'm, I'm looking forward to that episode I think it's going to be a lot of fun so guys thank you so much for listening to us hope you guys enjoy your weekend uh, and check back here in a couple days and we will have our mock draft up Dennis have a good weekend and I'll talk to you soon
0: right on prepare for glory Oh no, we got your popcorn I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Someone up above his head. They can't jump and lead. Golly. Over oh, they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Please. I can. Please.